Hello, and thank you for listening to today's broadcast from Stony Point Baptist Church with Pastor Jim England. Today's message is a continuation in the series, Jesus' Ministry in the Gospel of Luke. And now, here's Brother Jim. Very good. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles. We're looking together in the Gospel of Luke this morning. have been studying in Luke's Gospel for a little while now, so we're moving toward the end of chapter 12 and into chapter 13. So if you want to look... Luke chapter 12, it's the third gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, before John. Uh, we're going to pick up in verse 54 and moving into chapter 13 and getting the first five verses. So Luke 12, picking up verse 54, it just says, Then he also said to the multitudes, Whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, A shower is coming. And so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be hot weather, and there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it you do not discern this time? Yes, and why, even of yourselves, do you not judge what is right? When you go with your adversary to the magistrates, make every effort along the way to settle with him lest he drag you to the judge, and the judge deliver you to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you shall not depart from there till you have paid the very last might. Chapter 13, it says, There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Or those 18 of whom the tire of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than others, other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you shall likewise perish. We want to have prayer again together. Lord, will you continue to minister to us through your word and help us to grow in your wisdom and knowledge. I pray your blessings upon each one here. Lord, today, may you even surprise us and allow your Holy Spirit to reveal to us truths that we can be able to take and apply to our lives. May each of us say it's been good being in your house. It's good being able to witness baptism. It's good being able to sing and hear songs about you. And it's good to be able to hear your word and be challenged and be made different by it. So I just pray that you would just bless each one. May your spirit have a freedom. And we ask your blessings now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I heard about this lady that uh, she got up and wouldn't, things just weren't going right. And so she went to the doctor. So she told him, she said, Doctor, she said, uh, I got up and I looked in the mirror this morning. And she said, my hair was all wiry and frazzled. I don't know if you've ever had anything like that. She said, my skin was wrinkled and pasty. She said, my eyes are bloodshot and uh, bugging out. She said, my face is kind of like a corpse. She said, I want to know what's wrong. He said, well, let me examine you. So he took time to be able to examine those things and then after a couple minutes, he said, well, I can tell you this, your eyesight is working good. <laughs> I don't know if that would have been very helpful or not, but, uh, but you know, sometimes we can miss even the obvious. Sometimes we need to be able to look at ourselves in a spiritual manner. 
And we miss the condition and the shape that we're in. And so one of the things that Jesus is doing is challenging us to look at ourselves spiritually. It's just easy for us to just uh, ignore things. Listen, I, I have to admit, there's times I'm not very observant. Margaret will say, did you see this? And I'm like, no, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Or somebody was wearing this or doing that. And I'm like, I, no, I, I didn't pay any attention to that. So a lot of times I'm just not very observant. But Jesus is asking us here to be observant. And he's basically saying, you know, uh, when it comes to it, people can look at the weather and they can tell what's going to happen. If you see some dark clouds come up, even you and I can say, you know, I think it might rain. I don't know if it's in the forecast, but it looks like it could rain. There, to the south, was desert. If the wind blew from the south, and from the south, even from here, if the wind's blowing from the south, you say, it's going to get warmer. And Jesus said, so you can, you can look at the signs and you can tell what's going to happen. But he said, we don't, we're not looking at ourselves spiritually. And he said, and a lot of that is by choice. Basically, that's what, he's, that's what the point is. You're ignoring certain signs. And so as Jesus was ministering, there was things that was taking place that they were not paying attention to. And you know, one of the things that we have that helps us to be able to pay attention is the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps you and I to be able to pay attention to what's taking place in our lives. The Holy Spirit is the one that provides conviction of sin. John chapter 16, verse number 8, just reminds us of the Holy Spirit's role. The Holy Spirit's role in our lives, the Bible tells us, to provide conviction of sin, of righteousness and judgment. And so He helps us to be able to realize that there are sins in our lives and to be able to provide that conviction. Thank goodness that we have the Holy Spirit drawing us and making us aware of things. Now, you know, there's a lot of people that want to avoid church. They want to avoid reading the Bible. And I'll tell you why they want to avoid that. Because they want to avoid the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know that the Bible is, the Bible calls it the sword of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit uses that to impact and change our lives. And so there's many people that they just ignore the Bible. But the Holy Spirit uses that to provide conviction, to help us to realize there's things going on in our lives that are wrong. Then, also, there's evil all around us. Now, in that day, they really thought the problem was the Romans. But here, all around them, there were people that were really and truly not serving Christ, not serving God. And so we want to make sure that, that we serve the Lord. And so there's evil all around us. Today, you turn on the news, there's just, you just see evil. People get, they don't know right and wrong. And all around us, you just see people just, they don't care about God. They're not serving about God. And then I'll tell you something else we can see. And you could see that during Jesus' ministry. Jesus makes a difference in people's lives. And so every day there was somebody that's being healed. Every day there was somebody whose life was being changed. Every day there was a marriage that was, uh, that was being made better. You know, when Jesus healed, He didn't just heal people from sin. Jesus, when He healed, He was healing people from their, their hurts. Jesus was healing people and helping people to be 
forgiven. Jesus was helping people to have a relationship. He was helping people have a purpose. Their life was different. So it wasn't just that they were healed. They were changed. And every day you could see that. And so we need to be able to open up our eyes. We need to be able to see and allow God's Spirit to show us that there's, we've got, we're sinners. There's a conviction of sin. We need to be able to see that there's evil. We're living in an evil time. We better get ready and prepare ourselves for the end. We're living in a time where Jesus truly does make a difference in someone's life. And so that's important. So then Jesus, not only does He challenges us to open up our eyes, but He also challenges us to prepare for judgment. And so here he talks about, he said, you know, if you go to a magistrate and you, your adversary in you, so let's just suppose that you take out a loan and now you're in debt. You know, the majority of people are in debt. The majority of people have, I think it's almost double digits in credit cards. So most people have a balance on those credit cards and they owe a great deal of money in consumer debt. Here, he says, suppose you owe some money. You better settle with your adversary, because let's just say he gets the magistrate. The magistrate would be somebody that would investigate where you're at and what you're doing. So let's say that the magistrate investigates, and then he brings you to the judge, and he said, you know, we've got reason to be able to hold this person accountable. And so the judge says, I'm going to turn you over to the officer who's going to put you in a debtor's prison. And basically, you can't get out of that prison until you pay all of your debts. Now, let me ask you something. How are you going to pay your debts if you're in prison? But that's what Jesus is saying. That's what was practiced during this time. And so he's just saying, you know what? We better prepare for that day of judgment. And so now, Jesus is not just reconciling this with money. By the way, this week, I got to go to the school and they had Reality Town this week. I had the booth where you make contributions. So I was trying to encourage the ch children to be able to be givers. So what I wanted to encourage them is to give 10%. Ask them if they knew what a tithe was, and most people don't know what a tithe is, most of the children. And, uh, but I said, you know, it means a tenth. And I think that you should give 10%. We encourage people to give 10%. And so you could give to church. And there was other organizations that were very much worthy to give to. But, you know, it's funny because some of them, they would give you their cards. They'd say, well, I'd like to give, but I don't have that much money. And they would look, and you'd look, and sure enough, they didn't have a tenth left in their bank accounts. And I'll tell you part of the reason. If you buy a Corvette and you don't make very much money, it's going to be hard to give. In fact, you probably won't be able to give. Financial advisors will tell you. Most people, the reason that they can't give, it's not because they don't want to. It's because they made some bad decisions. If you bought a house, and your house payment and your utilities and taxes on that house are, say, more than 40%, 35 to 40% of your income, then basically you've got too much house. That's your, pro that's your problem. If, if you buy a car, and that car payment and taking care of that car is more than 15, say, percent of your income, then uh, you're probably going to have problems. And so a lot of them, the problem was that they just made a mistake, just like we do. And so that's why Reality Town is good. It kind of helps you to be able to see the problems that you have. And I was just trying to share it with them. You know, basically, there's only so many things you can do with money. You know that, right? 
Larry Burkett says you can spend, you can save, you can invest, you can give, and then you pay taxes. He said that's the five things you do with money. Dave Ramsey breaks it down to just three. He said, you know, it's basically you spend, you save, or you give. Those are the only three things when it boils down to it that you can really do. Well, I encourage them, you want to be givers. It's more joyful to give than to receive. And there is a lot of joy in being able to give. And we become like the Lord, and we want to be givers. But here, Jesus said, let's just suppose that you was in debt. But the truth of the matter is, forget the finances. Sin has put us in debt. One day, just as in this financial court there's a day of reckoning, there's going to be a day of reckoning with our sin. And so many of them just did not really believe they were sinners. And Jesus is just warning them, you want to settle this. You don't want to wait to the day of reckoning. You don't want to wait till you have to go to jail. What's going to happen? You're in prison. How are you going to pay your debts? It's almost impossible. And Jesus is saying, you don't want to wait to be able to take care of your sin debt until it's too, too late. Now, it's funny how that sometimes when you're teaching and talking about a subject, how somebody will change the question. Something will pop up in their mind, and they'll just ask something. So that's what happens here. There's a crowd around, and somebody sees something that makes them think about, they see a Galilean, it makes them think about Pilate. And that how he had killed some Galileans, he mixed their blood with some sacrifices. And, and by the way, we don't have record of that in history. However, Pilate did do some things similar to that. And so what's being said here is, is probably likely fact. Not that you would doubt the Bible. I'm just saying this goes along with what we know about Pilate. And so somebody begins to ask Jesus about that and about those Galileans. And see, they had a couple of uh, thoughts that were wrong thinking. And I appreciate our evangelist this week. If you was able to attend our revival, we had a good revival. And he brought some good messages. And so he had touched on some of this. In that day, there was some wrong thinking. Wrong thinking, and it's still wrong thinking today. There's people that think that circumstances, your circumstances, determine or reveal your standing with God. Now, I want you to know something. There is some truth in that. There is consequences to sin. You know, if I shoot up an arrow up in the air, and we're in a crowd, and I say, you know what? That may be dangerous. I shouldn't have done that. And I say, Lord, forgive me. The Lord, He may forgive me, but that arrow's been shot, and it's going to come down. There's consequences to sin. So, that part is true. There is consequences. There's decisions that we make that there's ramifications. There is uh, all kinds of venereal diseases that you can get with sexual sins. And if you commit sexual sin, there's consequences to that. There's 40-some diseases, and you'll probably end up with some of those diseases. If you drive drunk, there's a good chance you're going to do some type of damage to someone or to something. You're going to have some type of accident. There's a consequence to sin. So that much really is true. 
But just because something bad happens to somebody does not necessarily mean it's because they've committed some type of sin or because God hates them. Circumstances don't necessarily determine our standing or reveal our standing before God. And so these individuals thought, you know what, those Galileans had to be worse sinners than anybody. And then Jesus gives another picture. He said, even in Jerusalem, apparently there was a tire there at the pool of Siloam that had fallen. And there was people that were killed from that tragedy. And Jesus said, do you think that those people were worse sinners than everybody else in Jerusalem? And you know what he had to say? He said, no. No. Now, I can tell you, there's natural disasters that take place. And sometimes God uses that to warn a nation. The book of Amos makes that clear. So sometimes there's things that are happening in the United States. And it very well be that God is telling us as a nation. I'm trying to get your attention. I believe that you're making some wrong decisions. You're going in the wrong direction and I'm trying to warn you. When a tornado hits a town, there are innocent people or there are people that you wouldn't say, oh, God has set out to get them that are impacted by that tornado. That's just, and that's what Jesus is saying. It is because a natural disaster has happened doesn't mean that God has pinpointed that one person, that God has pinpointed this one group. It doesn't mean that. So we have some wrong thinking. So that's what they were saying here, and Jesus said, no, that's not true. But let me, do, let me say this. When things take place in a Christian's life, it is good to know that God is on our side. That God brings good. If you're called according to His purpose, you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives within you, God will always bring good out of every single situation. What's some of the things that He may do? What's some good that He may bring out of that? Let me remind you of a couple of verses. You might want to write these down. These are just kind of interesting, and you might want to look these up later on and, and read them yourself. One is in James. James chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. Listen to what this says. My brethren, count it all joy. What? Count it joy. When you fall into various trials, when difficulties come into your life, you can count it joy. Why is that? Because you know that God is going to bring good from it if you're His child. And so listen to what he says. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Do you know this? The testing of your faith will cause spiritual growth. There are many times that we draw closer to God because we go through difficulty and adversity. And you can count on it. You can count on it as a Christian. You a Christian? The Holy Spirit live within you? You can count on it then that during difficulty, God is at work in your life and He's drawing closer to you. You will seek Him. You will pray more than any other times. And so you will grow in your faith. Here he says, you know what's going to happen? You're going to develop patience. You're going to be looking for God. God, I know you promised to bring good out of this. I'm kind of interesting to see how that's going to happen. I just don't know how good can come out of this. How could good come out of this tragedy? We saw the thing that happened with Johnny. How could good come from that? Then we see him writing notes to people, telling people about Christ. God brings good out of situations. Can I tell you this? Even when I make bad choices as a Christian, God can bring good from those choices. 
Let me give you another verse. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Romans 5, verse 3. And he said, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. And so, you know what happens? When difficulties happen to Christians, it gives an opportunity for your character to shine. Many times people, you can talk to them and talk to them about Christ, but they just think that you're putting on a show. But when you go through difficulty, they realize, you know what, that person may be for real. They're going through this hard time, and yet I see their faith. There's something different about them. Your character shines. Under pressure, when you continue to seek and do what's right, when you don't give in to the temptation when you don't respond with evil when somebody does something to you you don't respond in an ungodly manner when you don't curse and they say there's something different about that person character shines and not only character but he adds to that character hope you know part of the reason that we're different is we realize that this world is not all there is Heaven is awaiting us. Heaven is our home. We've got eternity on our mind. We stay focused upon that. Arnold Palmer, back in 1961, that was before I was born, probably most of you, he was playing in the Masters. And so he was talking about this over 30 years afterwards. He said, on the 18th hole, he said, I hit my tee shot right down the middle. He said, I was leading by one stroke. I was getting ready to win the Masters. He said, I was walking down to approach the ball, and he said, out of the corner of my eye, I caught a friend. And he was motioning me over. He said, so I walked over to where my friend was. He stuck out his hand and shook my hand, and he said, congratulations, you're going to win the Masters. Arnold Palmer, he said, then I took my hand back, and he said, and I knew it. I'd lost my focus. He said, I walked up and I hit the next shot right into a sand trap. He said, then I hit the next shot just off the green. He said, then I missed my putt. And he said, I lost the Masters. He said, I told myself that'll never happen again. Whenever I played, I stayed focused on what I'm doing. You know what? Sometimes in life, we lose focus of who we are. We lose focus that we're headed to heaven. We lose focus that we, eternity matters and we're trying to help people to know Jesus Christ and be prepared for heaven and we lose our focus. Sometimes things happen so that God can get us reined back in to get focused. What really is important is eternity and a person being ready for eternity. God allows us to go through struggles so that we can be able to provide comfort for others to be able to make a difference. Wednesday night we was talking about a miscarriages and uh, Brother David was talking about Adrian Rogers. Hearing him talk about how him and his wife had lost a baby. And he said, you know, because we lost that baby, down the road there was another family that lost a, a baby. They weren't interested in anything I had to say until they found out we'd been there. And then all of a sudden they were interested. And we got through it because of the Lord. 
He provided us strength, and we was able to point them to Christ and even actually lead that couple to Christ. It's a comfort and a help to others. So Jesus, when it boils down to it, here in chapter 13, here's what He says. He, he says, unless you repent, you'll likewise perish. He's talking to people that just really didn't feel like they had done anything wrong. They didn't feel, they felt like they were good. I've never murdered anybody. I've never stolen. They felt like they were good people. You may have heard me tell this story. There was a service that was taking place, a communion service, special service. Pastor was up, and he noticed as people were coming down to get ready for that, there was a judge that had come down. He was praying there at the altar, and they also noticed that a, there was a person that just got out of prison. The judge had sentenced this person to prison, and he had finished his term, and he said there they were together just praying. He thought, well, that's just kind of odd. When the service was over, he was talking to the judge. He said, did you notice the person praying beside you today? He said, I did. I sure did. And he said, isn't God's grace wonderful? And that pastor said, it sure is. He said, it's amazing what God has done in that fellow's life. And that judge said, I wasn't talking about him. He said, I was talking about my life. That pastor said, I don't understand. That judge said, you know, I've had everything given to me. He said, I've lived, I've tried to live a good life. And he said, I am so thankful that God has let me know that I'm not good. I have bad thoughts. I have, I'm full of pride. And he said, basically, there at the foot of the cross, I needed to be there as much as that man did. My hope of heaven is not on me, it's on Jesus Christ. See, the truth of the matter is, we are like these individuals. We think, I'm good. I'm good. We think, you know, I come to church, I do these things, I'm okay. You're not. You're not okay. You're not good enough. You see, if you compare yourself to me, you're all right, you're good. But if you compare yourself to perfection, you've fallen short. You're not there. That's what Jesus is trying to point out. That's what he's, when all of this is said, he's saying, you're missing it. Unless you repent, the fate of these other people are gonna, is going to be your fate. You'll perish. That's why it's time to get right while you can. Because you're not good. It's a misnomer. You're not good. But you can be. You see, Jesus Christ came to this world and He took on your cross. Your sin was placed upon Him. And you know what He's wanting to do? He's, he took your sin and now He's wanting to exchange and give you His righteousness. What a good deal. You can be made righteous. He tells us, unless you repent, you shall likewise perish. It's important that we... What is repentance? Repentance is just... Recognizing sin and turning from it. Turning and going the opposite direction. Not only is it going in the opposite direction from sin, but it's going in the direction of Jesus Christ. So we repent of our sin and we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We receive what Christ has for us. 
This morning, it could be that you're here. You don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you thought, I'm good. Maybe you've been to church. Some people have got the idea, I've been a Christian all my life. No. You become a Christian when you receive Christ's righteousness, when you've repented of your sin, when you've turned from that and you've received Christ. That's when you become a Christian. And it could be this morning you want to make that decision. We're going to give you a chance to be able to do that, to step out in faith and to be able to let Jesus Christ be your Lord and Savior. As a Christian, it could be the day you want to make a rededication. It could be the day that you just want to come and spend some time in prayer. Maybe you realize there's some people that I know that just I'm, I'm just concerned about, and you just want to come pray for them. There may be some other things going on in your life, and you just want to spend some time. You're just concerned about it, and you just want to pray. The altar is going to be open. It's a chance, an opportunity for decision. Let's take a moment. Let's have prayer this morning together. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be able to come this morning. What a great morning it's been. You're present. You're here, and we've met with you. Lord, it's great because we've been able to witness baptism. A young lady following a step of obedience. Lord, it's great because we've been able to hear your word. Your word never goes out void. It always, Lord, you always use it to speak to us. And Lord, today, your spirit once again is moving. I just ask, Lord, that your will could be done. Decisions can be made. You could be honored and glorified. We thank you so much for each one that's here. I pray your blessings now in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Pastor Jim England. If you missed a sermon or would like to re-listen to a message, you can find Brother Jim on Spotify, Google, and Apple under Stony Point Podcast with Jim England. God bless you.